Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, June. It looks like I'm a little fuzzy. There we are. On Thursday, June 30th, 2020, 2020, or already at the end of January. Can, believe, can you believe that? Anyway, uh, a little bit of housekeeping, then I want to get right down to it because there's some strange stuff going on in the background of this coronavirus story. And uh, I have two articles that I'll link for you. Do your own dot connecting. You might connect dots a little differently than I do. But uh, anyway, the housekeeping is tomorrow we have a vid chat at 6.30 U.S. Central Time. As usual, I'll be in the chat room early for a little pre-chat. Uh, send your questions in or comments. I've already had a few, so it looks like it might be one of those vid chats that might go a little long, in which case I'll, I might start early tomorrow. Uh, second bit of housekeeping is the new book, um, McCarthy, Marshall, and the Other International. The subtitle is Roosevelt, Trotsky, Stalin, and America's Progressivist Deep State. It is out and available on Lulu. Uh, there is a link on the website homepage. This is kind of part two of the earlier McCarthy book. I found some very, very strange connections with the man uh, that I had to write about. So that's that's out and available on Lulu. Just go to the homepage. You'll see a picture of the book cover, and you can press that, and it'll take you right to the link. Anyway, let's get started here. Um this coronavirus story is very, very odd because already we've had people on the internet challenging the numbers, the graphs, the outbreak. Uh, there has been already an article that uh, suggests that there was a link to a Canadian, uh, the National Institute of, of Microbiology or something in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and a couple of Chinese scientists there were recently fired from their jobs for espionage. So there's also a suggestion now out in the media, in, in the internet media, that this virus may have come from Canada. And there's also been a story out, uh, some of you may be aware of, that the hospital that the Chinese showed that they were building is actually a stock photo. It's not a hospital at all. So there's all this stuff going on in the background. But there are two stories, two articles I want to link together for you today. One is from Zero Hedge, and the other is from uh, America's National Public Radio, believe it or not. And I don't listen or watch uh, American Public Radio all that much, but um, they did have a very, very interesting article on the arrest of Dr. Charles Lieber, who's the head of Harvard's chemistry department. So we'll get to that article as well. But this is the Zero Hedge article uh, released just yesterday. The title of the article is, quote, is this the man behind the global coronavirus pandemic? And I want to read a few paragraphs from the very beginning of this article for you, and then uh, quite a few paragraphs toward the end and I want you to kind of put it in the back of your mind, and then we'll get to the second article and start to connect some dots. So here we go. This is the Zero Hedge article. Quote, in light of growing speculation, most of it within less than official circles, that the top official theory for the spread of the coronavirus epidemic, namely 
because someone ate bat soup at a Wuhan seafood and animal market is a fabricated farce and that the real reason behind the viral spread is because a weaponized version of the coronavirus, one which may have originally been obtained from Canada, was released by Wuhan's Institute of Virology, accidentally or not, a top level four biohazard lab which was studying the world's most dangerous pathogens, perhaps it would be a good idea for the same Wuhan Institute of Virology to remove the following help wanted notice posted on November 18th, 2019, according to which the Institute is seeking to hire one, listen carefully, to hire one or two postdoctoral fellows who will use, quote, bats to research the molecular mechanism that allows Ebola and SARS-associated coronaviruses to lie dormant for a long time without causing diseases, unquote. The right candidate will have obtained or is about to obtain a PhD in life science or biomedical related fields, have a reliable and rigorous work style with a strong independent scientific research ability and teamwork spirit, have strong English communication and writing skills, have research papers published in the international mainstream academic journals, and have a cell biology immuno, immuno, immunology, pardon me, genomics and other relevant background experience is preferred. So that's the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And so now the Zero Hedge article zeroes in on a Dr. Peng Zhu, all right? And I want to read a few things about this guy and what he was researching at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And Zero Hedge, I'm quoting Zero Hedge right now. Quote, this brings us to the punchline, courtesy of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Here is a press release from Dr. Zhu's lab titled, quote, How Bats Carry Viruses Without Getting Sick, unquote. Bats are known to harbor highly pathogenic viruses like Ebola, Marburg, Hendra, Nipah, and SARS uh, coronavirus, and yet they do not show clinical signs of disease. In a paper published in the journal Cell, Host, and Microbe on February 22nd, scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China find that in bats, an antiviral immune pathway called the sting interferon pathway is dampened, and bats can maintain just enough defense against illness without triggering a heightened immune reaction. We believe there is a balance between bath, bats and the pathogens they carry, says senior author Peng Zhu. This work demonstrated that in order to maintain a balance with viruses, bats may have evolved to dampen certain pathways. So in other words, the Wuhan Institute of Virology was working on bats, specifically with a view to understanding their defense mechanism against the coronavirus and other viruses. And coincidentally, the story is that this whole outbreak was started by someone in, in Wuhan eating bat soup, okay? Now, let me skip to the very end of the article in Zero Hedge and what they say. There's seven points here. Quote, so to summarize, 
One of China's top virology and immunology experts was and still works at China's top-rated biohazard lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which some have affectionately called the Real Umbrella Corporation, number two. Since 2009, Peng has been the leading Chinese scientist researching the immune system of bats carrying and transmitting lethal viruses in the world, number three. His primary field of study is researching how and why bats can be infected with some of the most nightmarish viruses in the world, including Ebola, SARS, and coronavirus, and not get sick. Number four, he was genetically engineering various immune pathways, such as the sting pathway in bats, to make bats more or less susceptible to infection. In the process, potentially creating a highly resistant mutant superbug. Number five, as part of his studies, Peng also researched mutant coronavirus strains that overcame the natural immunity of some bats. These are superbug coronavirus strains which are not resistant to any natural immune pathway and now appear to be out in the wild. Number six, as of mid-November, his lab was actively hiring inexperienced postdoctorals fellows to help conduct his research into super coronaviruses and bat infections. And finally, number seven, Peng's work on virology and bat immunology has received support from the National Yuking Fund, the pilot project of the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the major project of the Ministry of Science and Technology, unquote. All right, now, put all of that in the back of your mind. The Wuhan Institute of Virology was researching bats for their immune responses to various deadly viruses, including types of coronavirus, including SARS. Number two, the fellow behind it was Peng, Peng Zhu, and he was apparently genetically modifying bats to tinker with their immune system and in the process either created accidentally or deliberately a superbug version of all of this, and this gets out into the general population, either accidentally or deliberately, we don't know. So we've got a Canadian connection. We have the Wuhan Institute of Virology and so on. Now, I want to go to the second article because this, this hit me like a bombshell. And the article is at National Public Radio. It's titled, Acclaimed Harvard Scientist is Arrested, Accused of Lying About Ties to China. Now, folks, this is the chairman, Charles Lieber, Dr. Charles Lieber. This is the chairman of the chemistry department at Harvard University and, incidentally, a university professor. In other words, he holds a title of, of university professor, which only about 25 professors on the faculty of Harvard have that title. In other words, he's a professor for the whole university, all right? So it's a very, very highly placed faculty member of Harvard University. Now, recently, he was just arrested by federal officials in this country. But wait till you hear what may be the connection. This is, uh, again, from National Public Radio, the article's titled, Acclaimed Harvard Scientist is Arrested and Accused of Lying About Ties to China. Quote, Charles Lieber, 
the chair of Harvard University's Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology has been arrested and criminally charged with making, quote, false, fictitious, and fraudulent statements, unquote, to the U.S. Defense Department about his ties to a Chinese government program to recruit foreign scientists and researchers. The Justice Department says that Lieber, age 60, lied about his contact with the Chinese program known as the Thousand Talents Plan, which the U.S. has previously flagged as a serious intelligence concern. He is also accused of lying about a lucrative contract. Here it comes, folks. Listen, about a lucrative contract he signed with China's Wuhan University of Technology. In an affidavit unsealed Tuesday, FBI Special Agent Robert Plum said Lieber, who held a Harvard research group focusing on nanoscience, had established a research lab at the Wuhan University, apparently unbeknownst to Harvard. Apparently. Now, I'm not buying that for a moment, but we'll get back to that in, at the end of this news and views. Skipping a few paragraphs. The arrangement between Lieber and the Chinese institution spanned significant periods of time between at least 2012 and 2017, according to the affidavit. It says the deal called for Lieber to be paid up to $50,000 a month, in addition to $150,000 per year for living and personal expenses, $200,000. Lieber was also awarded more than $1.5 million by the Wuhan University of Technology and the Chinese government to establish a research lab and conduct research at Wuhan University of Technology, the document states. So in other words, I'm suspecting that it's this tie and that research lab now that is the real story, okay? And again, we have a tie to Harvard. Skipping a few paragraphs here. Lieber's work ranged from looking for new ways to produce nanoscale materials to researching areas, nanoelectronic sensors, and developing cyborg tissue that would integrate nanoelectronic devices into synthetic tissue. So I have to wonder if there is a hidden story with this coronavirus that may be nanotechnology related. In other words, are we really dealing with a modified coronavirus or are we dealing with that plus something else? In 2017, Harvard bestowed its highest faculty honor on Lieber, naming him a university professor, a title he shared with only 25 other faculty members, as the Harvard Gazette reported. But the acclaimed academic is now barred from the university's campus. And I'm going to leave it there. Now, so in other words, we now have a tie between the head of the uh, Harvard College's Department of Chemistry and this viral institute in China where all of this outbreak occurred, plus that strange Canadian connection. So it looks to me like what we're looking at, number one, is a, um, 
is a network of some sort, an academic network of some sort. And my question is, how does a university professor and the chair of an entire department at Harvard University do all of this without the university knowing about it? In other words, are we looking at a deeper relationship between Harvard University and what's going on? Now, the reason I raise that is if all of you are familiar with the Rape of Russia story, uh, the Harvard Endowment and Institute for International Development was very heavily involved in the Rape of Russia. So in other words, we're dealing with an academic institution with its own sort of geopolitical economic agenda. And I have to wonder if this little connection of Dr. Lieber to Wuhan University of Technology has anything to do with more geopolitical agendas. And indeed, how much of the technology are we seeing in this Wuhan coronavirus story? How much of this is coming from the West? Is this being, is this being tried out on China uh, as a kind of epidemic experiment? I don't know. But I do find these connections extremely suspicious, and particularly the timing, because this Harvard professor, you'll recall, was arrested within just the last two to three days. So in other words, I do think that this story is definitely related to this outbreak and that we're not being told the whole story. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Anyway, there's all sorts of all sorts of commentary that I haven't been watching in the chat room, and I apologize for that. It's hard for me to talk and keep my thoughts straight and follow the chat room. But anyway, don't forget tomorrow, folks, we do have the vid chat at 6.30. I'll be in there early for pre-chat. The new book, uh, kind of part two on, on Senator McCarthy, is out on Lulu. Uh, I've already had a couple people read it. Uh, they got their copies before I did, and they liked it, so apparently it's it's hitting home. Anyway, that's it for this week's news and views, folks. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye and God bless.